Welcome to Spraymakers, a podcast that dives deep into the world of slalom with Rossi and Trent. This week, the guys talk about three big subjects that always seem to get thrown around. Back arm pressure, reach, and grip. There's just a string of questions that are that are really, really common. Um, so I, I thought, you know, today let's just cover, well, let's just, we'll just pick three, like three that just keep, you know, recurring. And, and some of them are harder to explain than others. So uh, the... The one I want to start with, because I'm I'm actually really interested to hear your take on it, is is the idea of back arm pressure, you know. And, and we're not going to go down the lead arm, rear arm. We're just going to because it's kind of I don't want to say an old school ideal, but but perhaps an old school ideal. Not not saying it's not currently relevant, but we're going to use back arm as your right arm going to the right, your left arm when you're cutting to the left. So. It, it, you know, if you just go way, way back, I mean, you could as far back as you can find, you know, perfect slalom ski photos, back arm pressure is something that's, I mean, I've heard it since I was 10 years old, you know, so like cutting to the right, cutting to one ball, you know, having max load on your right arm, which, which was, you know, formerly termed your back arm. Um, and then the opposite true coming, you know, from one ball to two ball, loading that left arm. Um, and it's still relevant today, but I just, I'd like to hear your take on it and, and you know, I'll give my take on it, but wh- how do you, you know, cause you t- hear about people wanting to be balanced, equal arm pressure, back arm pressure, back arm pressure, leaving the wakes, you know, front arm pressure coming into the wakes. And, and I understand why people get confused by it. So wh- just, why don't you just start like, what, you know, where did it come from and, and you know, like why, why is it, why has it always been deemed somewhat important? Way to throw me the ball, the flaming ball of fire, yeah. bro. I you mean, throw it right up there. Where the heck am I going to go with this one? You know, <laughs> but um, you know, actually, it, it's interesting. I, I I'm going to say that you know, uh, being the age that I am and things like that, I think the the you know we grew up talking about back iron pressure. Uh, you know, started started hearing. Uh, you know, the, the talk about other arms and, and lead arm and, and things like that and West Coast slalom yeah. and and, um, and 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 then it's it's it has, you know, uh, Jamie Beauchene and I were, you know, working on our own style for a while and, and we were calling it. Uh, I think uh, Wade Williams actually uh, termed it any style as in New England style. But then if you say it fast, any style, huh. which just means it was our style. So and so we, we started, <laughs> you know, playing around with those with those concepts and um yeah. And so I think ultimately when people talk about back arm pressure, I think the, the global thought is that it's, it's really, how do I maintain angle across the lake or more, you know, how do I, how do I go across and, and go in a direction that is not the same as the boats travel and how do I optimally be able to hold that and, and have it project me in the, in the rhythm and timing and things like that, that I want. So I think that's yeah, the reason yeah. why we, we, we end up talking about it a lot is because I think people get, you know, when you don't get in that stacked position or when you don't get set right, uh, the boat can feel so powerful over you. And so, you know, when I think about back arm pressure, I, I do use back arm pressure. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I won't lie. I mean, that's, that is, that is a piece of, it's actually probably a bigger piece of my skiing than I'd like it to be. Um, but you know, when you're going from, you know, when you're going, you know, from to the right, you say, so from the left of the boat to the right, you know, from the passenger side to the driver's side of the boat, you know, when you come out of that turn, 
you know, you're, you need to have ability to get into a position that you can hold. And then obviously you can hold a position that goes straight down the lake, but we got to turn that ski. And then we, we do have this kind of leverage running through our body. So, yeah. you know, for me, that's where, that's where I think about it. And for me, back arm pressure is relevant in my skiing from the finish of the turn. You know, when you're making a turn, I think that that back arm pressure is where you start to find where the line is tight. Like if you didn't make that ideal turn where the rope was perfectly set up when you finished the turn and there was no, you know, the rope was just ready to go and, and there was no slack and there was no, I mean, it was a perfect turn. If you look at your spray, there's no break in the spray. I mean, I mean, we, we, we strive for that, but that's not always for, for the most part, that's actually not, not happening perfectly on your turn. Yeah. So yeah. the first thing we're doing with our back arm pressure is finding out where the line's tight, you know, like where is that thing tight? You know, okay, there it is. Now I can balance my body once I find that, you know, and you do that a little bit with a little bit of sucking the arm or, or whatever that motion is. But once you connect, then for me, I am feeling my back arm pressure. I'm not trying to turn my shoulders yeah. to the shore, to the right. You know, I'm not trying, yeah. like if I'm going, if yeah. I'm turning in for the gates, you know, if I'm going from left to right, I'm not necessarily trying to rotate my shoulder and old school would have been hide your back shoulder, hide your yes. back arm, right? Yes. And yes. so where, where I think this originally, originally started though, I, I think that, that, you know, just like you're saying, like, you know, the, <clears throat> you know, the boats were softer, the ropes were softer. You know, people weren't running as efficient lines because they didn't need to. And that, yes, they were absolutely hiding that back shoulder. And I think that's where it started. So, so you are, so you are focusing on that shoulder. Do you, do you feel, and just, you know, just for clarification, like, so when Rossi comes in on his, on his gates, he's getting into an onside cut position. Is there more pressure like from, from hookup to the first to the, or to the center of the wakes, is there more pressure on that shoulder than the other shoulder? Or is that just where your where your attention goes? Or what I think thinking? my my attention. I think that that was a really really good. I was trying to figure out how we were going to segment that and how we were going to talk about that. But I think you actually nailed it with your. Uh, you always have a really good choice of words to to clarify. I think my focus is on that shoulder, uh -huh. and then making sure that I have the handle low enough that it's kind of like that shoulder and the shoulder harness and your lat. Like that is a key for me because I think once I have that locked in, then my core locks in and then my body can move around to find its natural balance point. So for me, I think yeah. the back arm focus is on, it, it kind of helps me to key onto where I want my body and making sure that I'm in a leveraged position or yeah. I guess, you know, we talk about that as stacked position. I mean, what, 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 where do you, where's your head go with that one? Yeah. No, and that's that's what I think too. Like I, so I, I, and it's funny because we're <laughs> we're saying we're kind of saying opposite things. Like it's not part of my focus at all, but I've always kind of wished it could have been. <laughs> okay. And you're saying it kind of is your focus, and you wish it wasn't. So no, like I mean, I'm a hundred percent thinking about balance. I'm thinking about pressure through both arms, and I want them to be as even as possible. But I think you're, I think you're right in, in your your answer to to that question I posed is that. That's just, that's your focus. It's a, your focus can be there, maybe should be there. Cause that's the harder one to hold. You know, even if you're, you know, like a, a relatively, I'm going to say balanced more so than open a relatively balanced position, stacked position that 
that shoulder is still going to be the furthest one away from the boat. You know, even if you are open, it's still going to be the furthest one away from the pylon anyway. So I, I think, <clears throat> I think directing focus there is fine as long as you're not trying to overload that shoulder, not, you know, or not trying to carry everything through that shoulder. Um, and, and this, 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 kind of this idea for throwing this into one of the questions is, is I was working with a guy actually yesterday and and he had had the opportunity to ski with one of the best skiers on the planet recently and 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 the guy's you know his takeaway from his session with this with this guy was was he, he wants max load on that back arm as early as possible like he's like you know he's basically saying like I want a hundred there and I want it as soon as possible and and then, so, you know, so then I'm showing pictures of this guy and I'm like, well, well, I mean, look at his stance, look how balanced he is. Do you think he's really a hundred percent on that shoulder? And, and the answer is no. So then, then you start thinking, you know, and, and that was kind of where our conversation went was, you know, just because that's a hundred percent of your focus, you know, that doesn't mean that that's a hundred percent of your load, you know? So it's sometimes, you know, even, even getting instruction from some of the greatest gears in the world, like sometimes it needs to be open to translation, you know? Uh, do you think there's a difference between your onside lean and your offside lean in terms of uh, weight distribution, one arm to the other? No, I mean I think I'm I think I'm actually pretty pretty balanced on that, and I yeah. I would say that it, you know, from a from a functional standpoint, there's a reason why, you know, sometime way back in the day we decided that it was and it wasn't me because it was way before me, but there was an onside and an offside you know, and that onside, just the way your body is, is lined up on the ski, you are more open on the ski. It's, it's a much, it, it, in, in, in 99. Whatever percent of skiers, it is an easier turn to be able to carry speed and carve all the way through the finish of that turn and end up in a stacked position that is much easier to hold. So I think, you know, if you really break down your, your onside cut and, and start feeling, you know, where the pressure comes from, what your key is, why, why is it that you hold your angle so much better? That side, I think, you know, you, you can, you can find that, that position. What usually happens is, you know, then people, because it is your onside, a lot of people, I would say, overdo that side, overload, yeah. overload that back arm, yeah. you know, uh, get so much tension in the rope that they end up unloading right off the second wake and giving a lot of that pressure back to the boat yes. and basically straight and lining at that where... right and then straight lining at that yeah. offside turn and and then you're 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 basically coming into offside turn uh, early because that I guess that was your goal um, and that but you're loose and you're running a straight line and so what ends up happening is we it's much harder to to turn an efficient turn on the offside because of what we did coming into it. And so yeah. I have like, when I, when I've used a strain gauge before and I haven't used one in a long time, I mean, I think the last time I had a strain gauge on me was sometime at the princess pro-am and yeah. it was interesting, you know, cause you, you bang your, you bang your onsides and then your offsides you feel like are, are not as strong. But what I found on mine was I was uh, heavier out of my offside turn. Uh, and then, and then subsequently, you know, my, the result is I come in narrower to my onside, you know, so you, yeah. you know, because yeah. you're heavier, you're not as, you're not as efficient finishing the turn. And then, and then thus 
loading heavier. So if you're the answer to your question earlier is I would say I tend to be a little more back arm heavy out of my offside. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is another thing, you know, so, and, and back and arm a, but that heavy is, is a, not great. That, that is a more closed stance naturally though, just because of, you know, the orientation of your feet. Um, do, do you think ideally from hookup to center line, you can have complete balance through, through, through both, both arms? I mean, if, if ideally on, on your offside cut, I mean, I think ideally, yeah. I mean, you, you, cause if you, if you set the turn, I, I uh, if you set the turn up yeah. and you actually are carving in on, on the handle path and then you're allowing yourself to ski away from the handle and you have a nice tight rope, I do think that you can, you know, we talk about, you know, leaving, leaving your left shoulder oh, for me. Okay. Offside turn is my one, three, five side or yep. the driver's side of yep. the boat. You know, I, I do think about keeping that, that, uh, inside shoulder, the shoulder with the handle up, especially on the offside mm-hmm. turn, keeping that shoulder up, you know, and then I talk about stepping into the finish of my turn. You know, I think you can, you know, if you take a, a picture of somebody else, I think Will Asher does it really well with the way he steps into his finish of his turn. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about a righty cause I'm a righty, but, yeah. uh, you know, stepping into that turn. If you have a tightrope coming in, you have, you know, that sh- inside shoulder up, the handle is, you know, between you and the boat or you and the pylon, and you step into that mo- motion, which is, you know, as, as uh, West Coast Law, I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, leading with your center of mass, you know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. You know, if you're mm-hmm. doing that, I think you can leave that, sh- that, that inside shoulder high, outside shoulder, you know, open, step into it and not take your inside shoulder away from the boat. You can leave it open and really yeah. arc in. I mean, the, the person that comes yeah. to mind as a lefty for me is Jamie Beauchene. You know, yes. like the way he turned yes. that offside turn was, I mean, insanely open, insanely patient, left the body, you know, just where it was and allowed the ski tip to ski under. And so I would say if anybody was ever running a really efficient offside as a lefty, that was one of the ones in my mind that really stuck out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to see if I, you know, I'm going to sum this up and then you can tell me, you know, what, um, you know, what's missing, but like, so for me, like this, this, this debate and, and it, and again, it is a question I get all the time. What I'm looking for unequivocally, I'm looking for equal arm pressure. Okay. I I absolutely want to be, you know, moving through the turn continuously enough, you know, you know, and staying, you know, I mean, if open's a word, but 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 saying open enough that I can keep my hips moving ahead of my feet. That when I move into load, I absolutely want equal arm pressure. And I think, and I think where the the with a focus on your back arm can come from, or where it can still be very valuable, is is that's the shoulder that's going to be the furthest from the pylon. Even if you're you know oriented, you know, fairly open to the boat, it's still going to be furthest from the pylon. So that back shoulder is going to be the one that's subject to the most. Um, the, I mean, not the most pressure because we're talking about balance, but the, it's it's going to be subject to the most uh, counter force type of thing, especially as you're leaving the wake. So I'm not trying to be heavier on it, but I do understand like how making sure that it's not moving, that it's not, you know, it's, you're not going to leave it subject to that, to the, to the pull of the boat, uh, keeping it still, keeping it strong can be, you know, as beneficial now as that idea was in the, in the 80s. I mean, for me, you just nailed it. I think the, 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 the focusing on back arm is is your key to not giving back to the boat there's yeah, a there's a very easy. 
right? It's, I mean, that's just, that's it. That's it. And you can, you've seen people who, who, um, misinterpreted, um, you know, misinterpreted West coast slalom and started loading front arm pressure out of the buoy, overloading that. And you can see how they get twisted out as they come into the wakes and can't maintain their outward direction. So, I mean, I think ideally what you're saying is, is, is the key is that you do want to be at a 50, 50 on this, but you, but you, the key is to make sure that you're, you're not giving or not taking with that back shoulder that it's just, it's in a, it's in a position that you can maintain it. You're focused on it because it allows you to, to keep that torque and keep the body over your feet the right way. And you're not giving and you're not taking. And I think that's the key. And, and, and evaluating myself, I tend to want to take with that back arm shoulder. And when I do, I have a lot of things that I have to then make compensatory moves to, to deal with that, to deal with those excess uh, loads that I'm putting on there. So ideally you are in the right spot in my mind, I'm working towards that. And uh, there's never a day that, that goes by that I'm, I'm not working on something in my skiing. And, and uh, I think all of our listeners can be, can be understanding and and listening into that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Okay. Another question I get all the time and uh, you're going to be a great one to answer this because of how, you know, how fluid you are in this part of your skiing. What, what, what do you do with the reach? And, and this one is like, it's crazy to me because I'll have like, you know, different students of different ability levels and, and, and they're going to tell me they're doing exact different things, but they're kind of yielding the same results. So again, I think this is another one that's often just kind of misdiagnosed, misinterpreted. What, what do you do with the reach? I have one guy that says, you know, I, as long as I reach back, everything's good. I have another guy that says, as long as I reach up, everything's good. As long as I reach to the pylon, everything's good. As long as I reach forward, everything's good. <laughs> and I was like, I was like Whoa. It, it's a, it's a, it's, it's such, I love that one. I love that one. And, 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 and that is such a, it's such a strange one for me. I mean, I'm, I'm getting to see it a little bit because, uh, my son Axel, he's, he's basically just gotten to where he's starting to do reach. He's starting mm-hmm. to do these things. So I'm getting to see the, the first time a brain is, is starting to understand what's going on and, and then yeah. what he's, what he's trying to do or doing. I mean, in his mind, all it is, is letting go. I mean, he, he's yeah. not able to understand the, you know, ski out on the line tension, then let your outside hand go and and ski away from it. And then that, then when you feel it tight, you can finish the turn. You know, I mean, he's going through this whole, this whole thing that all of us went through, you know, where you just don't understand it, but, uh, let's, let's just take a couple of common ones, uh, that, that, uh, that are interesting. And, and one of them is that I see a lot is people that when they come off the second wake, they have this idea that they're going to take the handle out. Um, this is something that that you and I have talked about. Like that's not what we're trying to do here. But that through the wakes, like if you're going from the mm-hmm. from the left to the right side of the boat, they're they're trying to take the handle through the edge change and pull the handle out in front of them, um, mm-hmm. and then ride that out to the buoy. And then, if anything, I think they're trying to reach out in front of themselves even more. You know, so, so yeah. the idea of a forward out in front of you, like if you're, if you're, re, if you're going to buoy one or going to the driver's yeah. side outside turn, then, you know, as you stand up, I watch people take that handle and, and push it forward out in front of them. 
And when they do that, it automatically puts your body behind the, the ideal path of the handle. And then what you see at the finish of that turn is a crazy sweeping of the handle and, and, then, and then hook up. And, and what ends up happening is the skier's body is not in line to, to make a turn. So really, yeah. you move the handle out in front of you. Then the only move you have to make when it's there is to rock back and pull it to your chest. And if you really think about it, your body never swung out around the handle. It never extended away from the no. rope. And so there's no way to make a tight turn. So then that handle that's out in front comes to the back. I, I don't feel like I did a great job explaining that. So maybe you could step in and no, kind of like, clear well, that up. Like, but, but. And that's well, and that's why this is kind of difficult. Like, okay, I, I think like, first of all, like I'm, I'm, I'm like a, in my mind and even like, a, and I try and convey it in certain ways to the people I'm working with. Like, I, I don't want to be reaching. I don't, I, you, you don't want to be reaching. Okay. And it, you, you, ideally you want to be skiing away from the handle. Okay. So like controlling that, I think controlling the pace of the reach is really important as in not like, like, again, not reaching. Don't, you don't want to throw you. You don't want to actively extend your arm. Okay. And then I think two, just like anywhere else in the course, you don't want to be manipulating the handle. You don't, I mean, the handle is an extension of the rope. So, uh, so you can't, you, you can't successfully manipulate where, where that handle is. It, it needs to remain an extension of the rope. It needs to remain an extension of the swing. So I think this is where it gets kind of confusing because I definitely feel a forward component to my movements there, but it's not, it's not to handle exclusive of my body. I, I want to be, because at that point, you know, if you think about the, you know, the overhead, you know, you think about the overhead geometry of where you are in that point, you know, at the, as you, as you come through the center of the wakes, that's when you're going, you know, most perpendicular to the, the path of the boat, you know, while it's really only you know, somewhere around 45 degrees, it's not really, but anyway, that's, that's where you're going across. And, and as you leave the second wake, that's when you're, that's when the swing of the rope starts to go forward. So, I, I want to be moving forward through the reach, but, but exactly like you're saying, not, not the handle, you know, exclusive of my body. I want, I want the handle moving forward, my body moving forward, my inside hip moving forward, everything swinging up at the exact same rate. Um, mm. And I think that's where it gets confusing, you know? Well, I, th where, I think where, you, so you, ha you hammered that one perfectly. And I, ha I actually had to write it down in that, I think people do really misinterpret the term reach. You know, we are not, you, you, you nailed it by saying it's skiing away from the handle. It is yeah. not what you, you don't, you don't choose what you're doing with that handle. The handle is on a path. You can decide how high you want to lift the rope or how low you want to lift the rope. But technically you don't actually do anything yeah, else point. with that. It's just how you're gonna how you're going to allow your body to move away from that handle, and that's when we're stretched. You know, that's what people interpreted or came up with the term reach. But you're stretching away from that handle. You know, and and that is yeah. I think that's super critical. And then you know, ideally in an ideal position, what what are you? what's happening in your ideal world as you come into that turn and you're going to, you're going to do this so-called reach. So I think 
hip orientation, you know, from the through the edge change, as in hip handle orientation through the edge change, uh, is critical because you know if I feed the handle out with two hands at that, you know, as I'm say exiting the second whitewash, the pole is going to transfer to my shoulders and it's going to tip me or lean me inside, and my hips are going to square down the course. Like it's like as if the you know the boat's going to unwind me if I if I put all that torque on my upper body. So as I swing through the second wake, I'm really mindful that the line of the rope and where it intersects my hip isn't changing. Um, <clears throat> and then as I start to, you know, and, and if you, this, uh, you know, hard one to do like when do I reach, but you know, as you, if you think about what you're feeling, like as that, as you start to free up from the boat, meaning, you know, you're going faster than the boat, obviously. And as you start to swing around that corner and start running, on a line that's more um, the same direction as the boat, that, that low is going to start to disappear. And at that moment, when my outside hand comes off, I'm going to like physically control that handle. Like I don't, I don't want to let it out quickly. I, I, I do want to, you know, staying on that same, you know, there's still outward trajectory at that point because you don't, you wouldn't be perfectly parallel to till you were perpendicular to the pylon, ideally. So I'm going to just slowly let that hand get pulled away from my body as my speed bleeds to the high point, you know, and it's really, it's, it's, I think like controlling that reach is really, really important. Um, cause again, if I let it come out fast, that's when I'm going to have that reach forward kind of look or reach forward kind of feel. And, and, and something you've covered really well in the past is, is I'm no longer going to be outside the handle. I'm going to be behind it, you know, and that, and if you just, again, think about what you'd see from overhead, if someone's behind the handle when they reach their apex, they're a, they're a heck of a long ways away from as wide and as high in the boat as they could have been slash should have been. So it's really, it, it's controlling that, controlling the handle, you know, through the edge change, through that swing. And then when that outside hand comes off, don't, I just don't give it up. I don't give that handle up. You know, I, I let it out. One smooth feed all the way because the second it hits max extension or um, max distance away from the boat, you know, my, my weight's already inside and the turn starts coming back in. You know, that's a really nice way of, for me, a nice way of um, controlling that tempo is that the, that reach is never going to stop. I'm never going to get full extension and wait. You know, I'm going to control it. So the moment it gets full extension, duke, I'm coming back in. And, that, and that's what I was like, you know, way back when I was a kid, it was likened to the backswing of uh, of a golf or the, the backswing of a golf swing, you know, and, and I, <laughs> the way people coach just baffles me because I never golfed a moment in my life and, and I'm being like, well, you know, the backswing in golf, you know, it's like, well, it's, 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 it's an okay analogy, but it's just so, you know, it, it really doesn't apply other than the tempo of it, you know, but, um, but yes, controlling that reach. So I'm, I'm literally skiing away from the handle. Uh, and then I do, I do want a forward component in terms of in terms of motion, momentum through that entire thing. So if that feels like reaching forward, that's fine. But make sure it's reaching forward, moving forward, not not your handle independent of your body. I think you did a really really nice job there because I think that uh, the uh, the understanding of when you decide to let go of your outside hand, when you decide to yeah. do that, you are not giving the handle to the boat. I think that's what people think when yeah. they, when they see a reach right. is that yes. you're actually, you're letting go of the outside hand and letting the handle actually go to the boat or go to the side or go forward. And that is not the case, you know, right in that moment, when you decide that you're going to let go 
from with the outside hand, the inside arm, the one that's holding the handle should still feel tension in the line. And yeah. then you use that tension to extend your ski away. My, my question to you was going to be, how do you actually do that? Like, how do you actually perform this wonderful reach that we're talking about? I mean, my interpretation of how I can do it is just to feel that tension and try to stand up. You know, when I'm thinking stand yeah. up, what I'm really doing is making my body taller, making my body extend more. So yeah. that's more of what I'm thinking of doing right there is extending to that place. I'm, I'm going to guess that that's kind of your thought too. 100%. 100%. A lot of that's already set in motion by how much speed you created into the edge change. And then, but yes, through the entire reach, I am absolutely getting taller, 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 tallest tippy toes at, at, at the apex. And that's, you know, it, for me, I feel like it's not so much about pushing my ski out as it is about getting my, my mass moving forward. So the second that the second that speed bleeds and I'm no longer climbing on the boat, I'm so tall and and therefore you know my mass is so far ahead of my feet that my ski is going to start pulling and the handle is going to start getting closer to my body at the at the moment that it reaches its max, you know. And so again, at like, apex, at apex, them. at apex. Yeah. Right there, if you if you set this up like perfect, right? Like you're coming in on the tight rope, you yeah. let go of that outside hand, you extend all the way. When you hit apex, that line's tight, right? And you're in your hand. Is mm-hmm. that is that that's correct, right? Yes. That's what you're feeling. Yes. Right then, Trent. Full tension, yes. What is it that's happening right then? Are you pulling the handle back in? Are you just stepping into your turn? Are you like, what? Is there a torque? Is there a tidbit? Is there something that you've never thought about before, but now that we're talking about it, pops in your mind? Like, these are the little minutia that that we overlook a lot of the times, but maybe in us digging deep, we might be able to find it. Is there something there? Well, like, well, at that, that, that moment, like for me, because, you know, because everything, the line was good and because I got, I, I, I rose up and got to max height, um, coming up to that moment. So here, like to me, what's happening now is I'm as tall as I can be. And, and as my ski starts slowing down at that point, it's actually falling behind me, you know? So that's putting my mass ahead of my feet. And, and so it's, that's why it's, when all things are right, there isn't much of a move there because it's, it's kind of, it's taking care of itself as, as my ski slows down, it starts to fall behind me. My mass is falling to further to the inside. And that's what's, that's what's forcing that ski to, to, to swing through. But I'm moving forward. You know, if, if there is a thing, you know, at that point, all the way up to the apex, I'm, I'm, you know, ideally with that inside hip. So my left hip at one ball, I'm going to keep sliding it forward and, 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 and where the pressure, you know, I'm not feeling pressure on my body at this point, but I, that's when the, the pressure on the tip of my ski is starting to really let me know how fast it's turning, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Tripping it, almost like you're tripping over the front forward, of your ski. Forward, forward, forward. Yeah. You know, if you if yes. you've extended the yep. right way, I call it stepping into the turn. But I think mm-hmm. you know another way would be that you you're actually falling over the front of your ski, which just automatically pulls it back through. Yeah, it's a banked turn, right? It's a banked turn on a on a mountain bike or anything. Exactly, um, exactly. So I think that's but, a, I think that's so. A really I, I guess we're going to sum this up. Yeah, I mean, it's forward. It's I mean, you know, it's it's it's. But like Rossi, like you said, it's not forward. 
as in the handle gets ahead of your body, but reach is moving forward, body's moving forward. It just, it's just, I think appreciating what, where your direction of travel is at that point it can kind of help solve that mystery. Don't reach, you know, let your, let, your, let your body ski away from the handle, keep all your momentum going forward. And I, and I think that's, you know, I, I think that's probably a, enough of a way to sum it up. If you are having profound success by reaching towards a pylon or reaching back, just try and think about what it is you actually might be doing. You know, because pushing the handle to the pylon is never going to be the answer. But if, if somehow that key is really keeping the rope tight for you and you're getting these great turns, that doesn't mean it's wrong. But I, I think it's always important to evaluate what what is it that I'm actually doing? Why is that? Why does that cue work so good for me? Yep. And they don't, I mean, to sum that up from my end is is the the key that I think is to try to maintain your uh, understanding of tension of the rope. Okay, so when you decide you're going to let go of that handle, yeah. don't let go of the tension from the rope. Don't give the handle yeah. back to the boat. Keep that tension so you know where it is. Tension is your is your safety net, people. Like when you have tension, you mm-hmm. basically don't crash unless you're in a really poor position. So don't ever give that back up. And then the other key I really believe in is that that handle should never get above your belly button or your hips. I mean, whatever yeah, you want to call it, that. somewhere in that zone. Like as soon as your handle gets high, you lose all power on the boat. The boat becomes immensely more powerful against you and your leverage position. So, you know, the, the two things I think of are skiing, you know, making sure that when you choose to let go, holding on to that tension and skiing away from that handle, we're not reaching to the boat. We're actually skiing. Our body is skiing away from that handle and keeping that handle underneath our, underneath our belly button. And if you do those two things, you're going to feel a lot more secure and and you're going to be able to start to make some, some more, uh, some more efficient turns that, that lead to quicker acceleration out of, out of your turn or out of the buoy, depending on, on what kind of skier you are. So I think that one's great. And then, you know, we've got, we've got this other topic that, uh, we can, we can just, uh, put, put to rest here that we always get is that. You know, I get people asking me, "Hey, I, I ski with a coach, and they they told me my grip's wrong." And and I, I mean, is this really yeah. is it is it really that important? I mean, does it really matter which way, which hand? You know, because what what we're talking about for people that don't know is that you know, from a course skier's perspective, and and usually when people start letting go with one hand in their turns, they'll end up getting a baseball grip. You know, so you have one hand yeah. down, one hand up. Okay, and then I'm 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 going to lead it out here right now and just say that up until the year 2002, maybe 2003, I had no idea, but I was reverse grip or the wrong grip or whatever. I I didn't, I I didn't recall that. I was waiting for that to to go in your head there. Yeah, I didn't. So, so I I am a guy who has changed grips, people. It is possible. Oh, so you're the perfect guy to answer this question then. And so, okay, so just for clarification then, if you're left foot forward, right the, hand the, up. The quote unquote right grip, yes, is like is a traditional right-handed golf or right-handed baseball, and obviously right foot forward is would be um, a left-handed uh, batter. So, okay, is it worth it? Do you need to do it? Why did you do it? Who told you to do it? And and like, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So yeah, so really easy. I just make a rule out there for people. It's if you don't know, or if you're just starting or your kids are just starting or any of that, yeah. if your right foot forward, put your left palm up. If your left foot forward, put your right palm up. Palm up means facing the sky. Okay. 
That's a simple, simple deal. Uh, I was running, I had a lot of, I actually had a lot of back problems when I was younger and I was running a lot of buoys, but I did have a lot of back problems and I remember being sore a lot, but I, I ended up getting, you know, really good at skiing, turned pro. And, uh, you know, along the way you make a lot of friends and, and one of my very, very cherished and wonderful friends that, uh, has done so much for me in this sport was, uh, Jason Paredes. And, you know, he got me into international travel. He's the one that called me up and was like, Hey man, I think you should do Moomba with me. I think you should, I think you should do this princess pro-am like this international travel thing is really cool. So anyway, that's, that's how he and I went from being, uh, colleagues to friends, to travel partners. And if anybody knows about this, you know, anybody that you're traveling with and hoteling with and rental carring with, you better get along with them because you got to spend a lot of time. You got, you know, so <laughs> yeah. anyway, so JP one, one year was like, Hey man, like what's up with your grip? And I was, I was just kind of like, I, I don't know. What do you mean? He's like, well, you got the wrong grip, dude. And so I was like, Oh, Okay. So he's like, you need to change, you need to change your grip. It's going to make a big difference. It's going to make a big difference. He's like, you're offside, you're offside turn. It'll, it'll make a big difference. You're, you're really going to like it. Yeah. And so that was basically it. And then he just kind of picked on me a few more times, but I tried it during the season and it, it wasn't something that I could, could wrap my head around. It just, everything felt backwards. I felt stretched out. I didn't, I really didn't. I, I, I yeah. it wasn't easy. So my first key, if you're, if you are wrong grip and you want to change, my first thing I would tell you is wait until the beginning of the next season. So you don't have yes. all this muscle memory. Yes. You know, imagine this. This is another way I think about it. Imagine that you have your, uh, you're going to do bicep curls. Okay. So a weight that you can do, I don't know. I mean, whatever. Let's say, let's say you take your 25 pounders and you're doing your bicep curls, right? Well, normally we do bicep curls with our, our palm up, you know, and that's, that's kind of how you bicep curl. Now imagine doing the other arm has them and it's doing it palm down. Okay. You're actually creating the palm down one creates a different muscle form than the palm up one. So I think the, the ideal, the ideal thing is that you can't then just having done that for a whole bunch of time, then just switch and think that your muscle memory is going to, is going to feel comfortable. So anyway, real quick, back yeah. to that. Uh, just do it at the beginning of the season. Don't, don't do it in the middle of the season. It's, it, it, it's going to feel really yeah. weird. Don't do it. But and the, and the cool thing is, it's like, like, like you said, do it at the beginning of the season when, when, you know, you're, you're really just getting back on the water. You're just kind of nothing. Everything feels a little bit foreign anyway. Um, and, and, and be okay with the fact that it's going to feel fish out of water and everyone's different. Sometimes some people it's three passes. Some people it's like 30 sets and they're still grabbing the handle with the, you know, upside down or, or misgripping coming out of the turn and that it, uh, it'll take a little while for some people, but, but I I'm with you. Like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a task worth, um, kind of digging into. And for me, the biggest thing I see is just, just such better body balance on the offside cut. You know, mm -hmm. when you, when you have the, the, the appropriate grip, when you have that opposite grip, it's like that, like, you know, we talked about, just talked about back arm pressure. It's like, it's, it, it looks so much more difficult to not let that shoulder um, come up, especially if you are a little bit more open in your stance. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, real quickly on that one, um, a couple things, I think when you have your palm up going into your offside turn, which is, which is what we call the yeah. correct grip. 
it helps to keep yeah. that inside shoulder up as you're coming in instead of falling yeah. down to the down towards the water. And by coming yeah. up, it really just like you said, it helps to, it helps to uh, get your body over your feet the right way. I found for me instantaneously, uh, I already had a good offside, but it really did make me feel much more fluid and balanced over my ski. It made that stepping into the finish of the turn much easier. And then it did allow me to keep my body, if we're talking about open, you know, or, or less rotated through the turn. Like I definitely yeah. was able to, to be more efficient with my move. And then my finishing, uh, pro the product was a better angle, you know, from, from, for me as a righty from buoy one to two from the right to the left, you know, so then it really set up a lot of things that, that helped to highlight and make my skiing consistent for me as a, uh, one other thing as a, if you're going to do it, do it at the beginning of the season, just like Trent, yeah. you know, and I have yeah. already told you about, and the way I do it is I get out of the water with my hands, two hands over. You know, I, I go yeah, two hands down to get up. I think it's the easiest way on the body to get up. So I go, you know, two, two palms down to get up. And then all I did was for me to switch and I was going to left palm up. I just said, as soon as I got out of the water, I said, left palm up. And I looked down and I made sure that I did it. And then I, you know, and, and it, that I had to focus on that every single time I got out of the water because I would have, I would have gone the other way with it had I not. And, uh, it probably took me at the beginning of the season, I'm going to say a week before I felt, uh, pretty darn comfortable. And I would say yeah. after two to three weeks, I, I didn't have to focus on left palm up, left palm up every time yeah. I got out of the water, yeah. but it it's is, it's a habit, my friends. I mean, we have yeah. to, you have to realize you've done this thousands and thousands of times the other way. You're not going to go in the middle of the season and do this, do it at the beginning and just start a new habit. And if you, if you can just stick with it, it, I promise it, it's not something that like people tell me, Oh, I just can't do it. And it's, it's like, no, you can do it, do it at the beginning of the year <laughs> and, and set intention. Yeah. You know, like that, that's the word I've heard you what, say, you yes. know, set intention there, that you I will that. stay it. Yep. So, and that, and that, and I'll let you say that. Cause I, I just, you know, this was relevant to me because I have a, you know, one of my, one of my favorite clients, you know, she's like I'm a heartbeat away from qualifying for, for the world's next year, for the senior world's next year. So, you know, this, at the start of this season, <clears throat> we, we came up with a plan, like, look, like, we're not going to change this right now. Cause you're already skiing well enough and you're right on that verge. We're going to make a few things like, you know, fundamental things better. We're going to get qualified for worlds this year. Then in the winter, you're going to switch your grip. And by, by worlds, you're going to be using the appropriate grip. So, you, you know, if you're like, you just all of a sudden realize, oh crap, I'm using the wrong grip, but I've got, you know, the regionals in, in 10 days, that doesn't matter. This, cause this is, you know, this is, it's like almost low hanging fruit. You know, it, it's, it's something that's easy. Like everyone else is going to pick up on it and like you're using the wrong grip, but just come up with a plan of when to change it. You know, it's not like Carl Roberge, Lucky Low. Uh, I'm pretty sure Billy Susie, like you can just go like, you know, the, the list is long of, of amazingly talented, um, skiers that, that use the, the inappropriate grip for their entire career. So it's not, you know, this isn't a, a do or die, but I would absolutely come, you know, come up just like you're saying with intention, come up with a specific plan as to when you're going to switch it and switch it. It will be worth it in the long run for sure. <laughs>